Well, thanks very much again for listening to our Tech Law 10 podcast. We've had a short break whilst I've been away on vacation. This is Jonathan Armstrong from Cordry over here in London. With me is Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Morris in San Francisco. I flew over your uh, office just uh, a, a week or so ago, Eric, and little did I know at that time that you were ensconced in the world of online dating, professionally, of course. <laughs> well, not personally, just from a, an academic standpoint. And I was offended, of course, you didn't hop on a drone and fly down from your plane to see me <laughs> in San Francisco as you went above us across to Hawaii. But, yes, uh, this is what I've been looking into while you were having a vacation. Let's start like this. The Ashley Madison site declares on its home page, quote, Life is short. Have an affair, close quote. Wow, that's pretty bold. And then it goes on to state, quote, Ashley Madison is the world's leading married dating service for discreet encounters, close quote. And it boasts over 38,050,000 anonymous members. That's a lot of cheaters, Jonathan. Uh, yeah. but, how, but how anonymous are they? Uh, because they might be troubled about some of the developments I'm going to describe in a second. First, I'm just going to give a little background, if you don't mind. Uh, mm. people, engage, people engage in all sorts of communications and transactions on the Internet. And when they do so, they like to believe their personal information is handled confidentially. So, for example, Jonathan, if someone buys an item from Amazon, she hopes that her name, credit card information, an address will not be publicly disseminated. Fair enough. Now, once in a while, there are security breaches. We hear about them all the time. And credit card information can be obtained and used by others so that they purchase items for themselves and not for the true credit card holder. That's just one example. Now, the harm in that context to the credit card holder is usually not that great. Uh, generally speaking, the credit card company will not hold the credit card holder responsible for the purchase, uh, but the credit card holder will have to go through the hassle of having that credit card canceled and have a new one uh, issued. Now, that's a pain, as we know. You, know. you then need to, for example, get in touch with your various uh, sites uh, online where you tend to use a credit card frequently, say it's Amazon, and update it, or maybe use a credit card you know, that gets automatically charged from your health club monthly. You need to change it. But, you know, in the big picture, that's not a big deal. It's just a pain in the neck. But now, Jonathan, while you're on vacation, let's talk about the big deal that has emerged for people. Uh, it's been reported that Ashley Madison, this site where millions of people go to arrange extramarital affairs, has been hacked, possibly compromising the personal information of its 38 million-plus users. This is a big deal. A hacker called the Impact Team claimed responsibility for the attack. The Impact Team threatened to release customer information publicly unless the Ashley Madison site and another site called Established Men are shut down on the Internet. Now, undoubtedly, Jonathan, people who have used the Ashley Madison site are worried about public disclosure of their private information showing that they have used this extramarital cheating site. Uh, think about that. It's one thing perhaps not to cancel your credit card and get a new one issued. It's another thing 
for all the world to know that you've been engaged in um, extramarital sexual activities with somebody besides your spouse. So in this context, it's not surprising to find out that Ashley Madison has been trying to assure its user, users that it's taking all deliberate steps to protect them and to take action against the hacker. And in fact, Ashley Madison has a long uh, statement uh, on its site now that talks about how it's sorry for this unprovoked and criminal intrusion into its customers' information and that they're doing their best to assure confidentiality, that they're working with law enforcement to get to the bottom of this and to hold the uh, hacker or hackers, we don't know whether the impact team is one person, Jonathan, or, or a group of people, but to hold them responsible. And I, I won't you know, quote the lengthy statement on the site, but uh, it's there. Interestingly, they have this statement acknowledging this hack, but still on the home page of the site, uh, it talks about how they're the number one extramarital uh, dating service, if you will, online, and how they have so many anonymous users. Uh, you have to drill down a bit into the site to find out what happened. So if you're a first-time user and you haven't heard the news on this, you might not know there's been a problem. Long story mm -hmm. short, you know what are, what are the lessons here? Um, will this hack attack, Jonathan, cause some people not to use the Internet to foster their infidelity? Maybe they'll go about it some other way. Will maybe some people be deterred from extramarital affairs altogether to say, wow, it's not worth it, uh, I, I might get caught? Um, or is it some people, are some people just going to be brazen and carry on completely unfettered uh, online and otherwise? Um, but let, let me say this. If the personally identifiable information on the Ashley Madison site is disclosed publicly, I think we might see an uptick in the divorce rate. So <laughs> people need to be careful. Uh, confidentiality, you know, is not assured. Uh, I turn it over to you to see what you have to say now that you're back from vacation. Yeah, I'm interested in a couple of things, and I have a specific question uh, on DMCA for you in a minute. But I think the first, my first reaction really is, I suppose that, that scams like this are uh, as old as the hills, really. I can remember in the late 90s, which uh, uh, seems so long ago now, I gave a talk about um, information security and issues, etc. And I had this guy come up to me at the end of the talk and ask if he could have a private word after the event. Um, and, it, you know, it was one of the cocktail you know, like you get cocktail hour after a talk, and he said, oh, can we just go in a side room and ha ha have a chat? And he showed me this obviously well-thumbed printout of an email, because in those days, of course, scams were via email, not via the Internet. And it was, I mean, if you're not involved, relatively amusing scam at the time. It was uh, an email. It, it, he'd obviously been at an event where the scammer had got an email address of all of the people that had attended the event and the email said something like hi i'm monique i saw you across the room at the and then named the event and um and i really liked the look of you but uh, i didn't have time to come up and say hello but how about a discreet extramarital affair and mm -hmm. um and and i'm french uh and and obviously it was in sort of vaguely 
uh, Anglo-French rather than English, and said, uh, and, and, and my, my husband isn't to know about this, so ring me on my mobile, and if the number of the, that I'm giving you looks a bit weird, that's because I'm French and it's a French number. And, and in fact, it wasn't a French number, it was a premium rate number. And the guy um, said to me, and do you know, if you ring that number, it's about £20 sterling a minute. And, mm. and part of me wanted, you know, was just resisting the question to say, and how would you know it's that much? And then, <laughs> and then of course, he, he said that that had obviously been a cause of some considerable embarrassment to him because when the uh, bill had arrived for his phone, his wife had seen that he'd um, repeatedly been trying to get hold of Monique and it played a long voicemail message and, uh, and he was leaving voicemails for Monique and, and obviously that, that had cost him, uh, as you say in this case, not only money on his bill, but also, let's just say, he reduced... Uh, uh, the number of brownie points he held uh, with his wife. Uh, and, and so I, I think you're absolutely right that uh, I'm surprised that there are that many people who've signed on to a site like this. Maybe it is because some of them are running scams on the site like the Moniques of this world and and trapping you know, men and women who are joining this site and, and preying on their vulnerabilities and extracting money from them uh, on the site, as, as well as these hackers looking at it as a cash cow. Obviously, I've no, no evidence. I've not I've not been on the site, so, so I don't know how it operates. But but it seems to me that the other question really is whether the hackers are into it for the money or for the morality, because it seems as if there are various movements on the internet to try and clean up content, and also to try and clean up people's offline behavior. Uh, another topic that we might re re return to maybe next week if we've got more time is this Cecil the Lion uh, campaign, which you might have seen about, which is in the latter camp, I think, where people are disgusted about the actions of an American dentist who shot a famous lion, that they're taking their campaign online against him and his dental practice. So, of course, the Internet's full of people who are trying to do uh, bad things. The, the Internet's full of people who are trying to do slightly questionable things like arrange extramarital affairs. But the Internet's also filled with people trying to do good things and, and try and enforce their morality. And it'd be interesting to know whether this uh, impact group are um, in that category or whether they're simple uh, you know, ransom attacks of the type that online gaming sites have suffered over the years, for example. But my specific question to you is, there's a bit in the message that Ashley Madison sent out, which seemed slightly unusual to me, which was, quote, using the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, the DMCA as we know it, our team has successfully removed the posts related to this incident. Now, presumably, by that they mean that they've gone against third-party sites asking them to take chat content down related to the hack. So this is an after-the-event, you know, people commenting on the hack rather than giving end users any, you know, hope that the DMCA will protect their personal information. Uh, did I read that 
correctly because I know it's a bit, a bit of a niche area of U.S. law that you know a lot about and I know little. Oh, you said so much there. Uh, very good. Um, yeah, the, the quote on the DMCA is a little bit confusing to me, um, and I, I, I see what you're saying uh, because obviously, as we know, you know, the DMCA normally has to do with takedowns relating mm. to you know, copyrighted works. And here we're dealing with you know personally identifiable information of users that's been hacked. So uh, you know that one uh, portion of their statement, you know, it's just one part of what they talk about in terms of the efforts to protect their users. But I don't exactly see perfectly the DMCA tie-in as it might appear to suggest just at first blush. Um, I'm not aware of the types of scams on this site um, that you're talking about, where you sort of explain that. Uh, situation with the phone call in and then it's a premium rate and you're supposedly calling the French woman. I'm not aware, aware that the 38,050,000 users on the site include scammers um, as, opposed mm. to, as opposed to what you might call legitimate people trying to have affairs if, they're, if they are legitimate. <laughs> um, it's possible with 38 million that's a lot. There's, there could be something um, like that in there, although we haven't seen any news reports on that to my knowledge. Um, no. What's interesting here is, I mean, you have this hacker, um, what was it called again, Team Impact, I think it was called. You have this hacker, uh, the Impact Team, um, and you know, perhaps you know, part of their motivation is, I don't know, political is the right word, but they, or moral, or you know, maybe it's a morality play that they might be in part against uh, extramarital affairs. They might be pro-marriage, and so. Their intent could include wanting to uh, shut down this type of a site. And the way they go mm -hmm. about it is hacking it, uh, obtaining personal information, and then holding that hostage and saying, if you don't shut down, we're going to reveal these cheaters. Um, now, in our country, you know, freedom of speech is held supreme under our First Amendment to the Constitution. So if you have a, pol if you have a moral slash political view against infidelity, you know, have at it. You can say your view, but it's another thing to go in and, and, and improperly hack a website. Um, but I sort of come down to, you know, what do we do about this? And I remember one of the Michael Myers characters, remember Michael Myers, and I think it was him, he would mm. just say, oh, be, oh behave. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if people are really worried about this type of thing, maybe they just need to behave. And I'm not trying to be a moralist here, uh, and people are free to do what they want, but, you know, there are risks to certain types of behavior. And what we're learning from this particular example is if that type of behavior, which people are free to choose, um, takes place or is facilitated on the Internet, the Internet is not perfectly safe. Um, and so that's yeah. why I sort of raised those various questions. Will some people just not use the Internet to foster their infidelity? Well, some people say, wow, you know, I'm just not safe generally. I'm just going to stay loyal to my spouse if I was otherwise thinking of not being loyal. Um, or will some people just not care? I mean, it's possible. For example, somebody could be in an open marriage. Um, somebody mm -hmm. might have permission. The two spouses in a marriage might both be on the site, and they might both consent to it. So, you know, as between them, if their information were revealed, no big deal. They still might not want the world knowing about it, or maybe there might be another class of people where they have an open marriage and they're proud of it. So if there's a revelation yeah. of their personal person identity information, it doesn't matter at all. 
my guess is that's the minority of people on the site. What do you think? I, I mean, I think it, I, I agree with you that it's an intriguing case, and it's it, it'll be interesting to see who is hacking it and why. Um, the other thing that crosses my mind is that theoretically, it seems to me at least, there could be a potential defense against any sort of legal action against the hackers if they are in one of those states where adultery is still illegal. Uh, I mean, from uh, I, I know this isn't the most authoritative source on the Internet, but the OMG Facts website says that there are still 23 states where adultery is illegal. And, right. and that includes, obviously, U.S. states like Maryland and Massachusetts. So potentially, it seems to me, if I was facing, if I'm a hacker and I'm based mm -hmm. in Massachusetts, could I say, actually, I am hacking this site, yeah, but I'm hacking it only to prevent uh, illegal acts taking place. And so there's almost like a self-defense mm -hmm. type defense to any action against a hacker. And I'm glad you thought the DMCA reference was a bit misleading as well. And, and I guess that's the other issue for Ashley Madison as well, because, um, you, you know, you can't promise people total confidentiality on the Internet. The Internet doesn't work like that. It doesn't, you know, any, I would say any organization who promises absolute, absolute confidentiality will risk some sort of action by a regulator when they get hacked. And for most organizations, it's a when, not if. And, and if you're yeah. already treading a tight tightrope, tight it's perhaps unwise to make statements like, um, you know, DMCA being the, uh, the uh, I don't know, the magic dust by which this problem is going to go away. It strikes me it isn't. But, um, it's interesting you pick this, the state of Maryland as one of your two examples. I am from Maryland. But my feeling on that is it'd be hard to claim self-defense because, you know, right. even if adultery is illegal in Maryland and Massachusetts, how does that appoint, you know, the, the impact team then to be the law enforcement enforcers to pro try to prevent illegal activity by illegally hacking? hacking? Um, I'm not sure that works. Um, I do agree with you that if a website promises more confidentiality and privacy than it actually affords, definitely they can get into regulatory trouble with the FTC and potential uh, legal action. But we're well past our, our Tech Law 10, but this is a, a great topic, and um, you're obviously uh, right on target even having just returned from vacation. Um, so this is Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris. Uh, feel free to comment on this and give us further ideas for future topics. You can find me at email ejsinrod at DwayneMorris.com. You know that we're on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Jonathan, close it out. Yes, thanks very much, Eric. And in this world of uh, infidelity, we thank you for remaining faithful to Tech Law 10 and listening to our podcast. All that <laughs> remains is to thank you for listening. I'm Jonathan Dodd Armstrong at CordyCompliance.com, and we'll speak to you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, uh, uh.